0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. always appreciate when you take time out of your day to join me and, and listen to these these different uh, ways of improving your life, improving your relationships, improving your relationship with the Lord. So thank you always for just taking time to listen. And, and, and sending the podcast to your friends, that's very um, helpful. I, I like the fact that, People are getting information that they need and and so make sure that you also visit the website. The podcasts are all there under the radio link and there are also lots of uh, we do the social media, which I think you 'll enjoy and I love it when you comment on the social media so thank you for that so we are talking about relationship problems and ways to save it, ways to save our relationships, how to do them so that that they are flourishing and we we really talked about this this verse about James chapter one nineteen says let every man be swift to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath. So we talked all about hearing. We talked about how to listen, and and what what we need to do there. So we're going to talk today about what does it mean to be slow to speak, right? And so we talked some about when when David was saying to God he was asking God to help him with communication. And, and, it, and that Psalms chapter uh, 141 verse 3 of the New Living Translation says, Take control of what I say, O Lord, and keep my lips sealed. Help me to keep my mouth shut when I'm supposed to. Please take control of what I say. I wish God would do that. But if we have God in our hearts, that's one of the ways that he helps control what we say he's a He's a helper, he's a best friend in times of trouble. and so let let's talk about what really should we say, right? And what should we avoid saying? So what we should say, we have Romans chapter twelve verses fourteen through fifteen, and we left on this one that says, "Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse." Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So when we bless those who persecute you, that's part of being willing to not join in with whatever the discourse is, especially if it is condemning toward me or hateful toward me or hurtful toward me, that I'm very careful that I don't go down to that level and join in with them. So first Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen through eighteen. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So the tone of our talk. So we talked about being slow to speak, but when we are going to speak, how what's the tone like? You know how differently something sounds with your tone. So I can say I love you, (laughs) I love you, or I love you. Same words, different tone. Communicate something very differently. So God's spirit is the true source of our joy. And our reasonable response should always be thankfulness. The Apostle Paul regularly lets people know how thankful he was for them. And so chapter, um, I'm sorry, first, Theth- first Theth- Thessalonians, my goodness, I can't even say the word, chapter 1, verse 2, tells us that we are to be thankful for people, and we should follow that example. So many destructive forms of communication, from profanity to gossip to offensive comments, are all in part of what happens when we have communication pitfalls gossip and profanity these are some of the worst things that we can throw out into the universe how should we say what we say proverbs chapter 15 1 and 2 says a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly But the mouth of a fool pours forth foolishness. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. That that in and of itself is an amazing thought. If I am wise, I use knowledge wisely. Because there's a lot of knowledge that I have that would not be edifying at all to share. A lot of times that's what gossip is. You may have knowledge about somebody and you go and you share it. That's the mouth of a fool. So Proverbs uh, chapter 25, verses 11 and 12 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, But speaking the truth in love, may may we grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Speaking truth in love. That's the difference between brutal honesty and honesty. There's no need to be brutal when we are being honest with someone. So we want to speak the truth in love. We want to think first and say, how would this feel if I had to hear this? How might I say this in a way that creates growth, maturity, is edifying, and increases intimacy, even if it's painful to say? So when we are improving our spoken communication... This includes, here's some tips for improving how we speak. Because speaking softly, kindly, wisely, truthfully, and with love, we can diffuse a lot of negative feelings and promote a lot of positivity in the relationship. So number one, we speak clearly. And we don't go off on rambling, meandering, telling unnecessary detail, right? Because many times people start to check out, and they get overwhelmed, and they're like, why are you telling me all this? What's the point? So we want to be respectful of the person that's listening. So I'd be respectful. I may say something to them. I, I, I mean, if I'm calling someone, I say, hey, is this still a good time? Or how much time do you have? Right? These types of things. Or if I'm talking to them, I might say to them, you know, um... Are, are are we still okay? Do you still have time to, to be talking about this? Do we need to wrap this up? And these are these are part of just being respectful and being polite. I want to use I statements instead of accusations. The only time I say you is if it's a compliment. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're thoughtful. Otherwise, if I'm having to say something negative, I'm going to say an I statement, such as... I feel uncomfortable when. Or "I feel, right? Now that's just my feeling. I feel when you." and you fill in the blanks. So I feel upset when you forget to call." That's very different then. You always forget to call me. Right? Very big difference. I apologize when needed. I don't apologize for things I don't need to apologize for. But if I have crossed the line, if I've made a mistake, I'm going to apologize. And then on the receiving side, if someone's apologizing to me, I'm going to be quick to forgive them. So I'm going to be forgiving. I'm not going to rush or cut the person off. The only time I would do that is if I have a hard break. So I might say something like, you know, I really wanna continue talking. I wish I could. I have an appointment at such and such a time. I have to go. Can we talk later? Can we finish this up later? I'm not gonna talk on top of somebody. I'm gonna be careful about interjecting. Now, this is especially necessary with men, and when we talk about gender, I'm gonna give you some reasons for that. Men do not like to be talked on top of or interjected into the conversation. That is a, re- a conversational style that women have. And so you have to be able to gauge that with the women that you're with if, that, if that's working. With men, it, it really does not work well. I really have to work on letting men finish their sentence and finish their thought. And it's, So it's a little bit different when we talk about gender. But I want to be careful that I don't rush the person and I don't cut them off. That I relax my body and I give myself time to actually listen. Just listen. And I don't talk to just to to fill in the silence. We don't use just a bunch of words for fillers because many times those are the words that we may have to take back. And my tone, I, I, I express appreciation and encouragement. My goodness, we need to hear positive things in our world today. One of the best things you could do is to acknowledge and notice good things people do. Things that you like, things that you admire, things that you appreciate. And thank you and please. Tone and communication has so much to do with courtesy. And you will be amazed at how, how much you can talk to somebody about difficult things when you are being courteous. And we have a tendency to be so casual in our society to the point that, that it's painful, it's harsh, it's brutal. And courtesy goes a long way. So relationship problems truly stem from poor communication. Now, that's not the only thing that, that creates relationship problems. But many times it can be broken down to, are we able to communicate because that's part of intimacy? The better our intimacy, the less problems we're going to have. So here's some problem-solving strategies, all right, if you need to talk with somebody about some things. You make an actual appointment with each other. If you live together, you put the cell phones on vibrate, put the kids to bed, let voicemail pick up your calls. You actually honor the time, and you make sure you have the time. So you don't try to talk to the person as they're walking out the door on the way to work. So you really say, hey, this is important. I need to talk to you about this. Or I just need to spend some time talking with you. I miss you. When can we do that? So if you, if you are married and you, you, you don't have children, sometimes it's nice if you meet somewhere before you come home from work. If you just say, hey, meet me at Starbucks. Before we go home, let's just sit there and talk. You, 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 it's very interesting the different conversations you have in different places that you are. If you can't communicate without raising your voices, go to a public spot like a library or a restaurant where I'm hoping you would be embarrassed if you had people see you screaming. Many times we are on a better behavior if we, if we pick a place that is more public. And we are better able to control ourselves and our emotions. Set up some rules. And like I said, try not to interrupt your partner through speaking until they're finished. And ban ban those phrases like, you always or you never. These types of things. You know, these all-inclusive, all-or-nothing statements. Adult relationships are far too gray for that. There's very few black and white pieces To relationships. You want to use body language to show you're listening, right? Don't doodle, look at your watch, pick at your nails. Nod so the other person knows you're getting the message and rephrase it if you need to. So for instance, what I hear you saying is that you feel as if you have more chores at home, even though we're both now working. Now, if that person's right, then confirm it. And you might want to say, is that, is that how you're feeling? Do I, do I have that correct? It may not be true. But if you try to argue the point before they ever feel heard by you, you're going to complicate the situation. So instead of saying something like, hey, you're a slob, and you create more work for me by having me pick up after you, right? Right? Two different very way very different ways to say the same thing. So let's have some how about this? Problem solving strategies when we're talking about relationship the relationship problems one of those is sex. So first Corinthians chapter seven verse five. This is out of the message Bible says. Certainly, but only within a certain context, it's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced, fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutuality, the husband seeking to satisfy his wife, the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if you both agree, and if it's for purposes also of prayer and fasting, but only if you agree. Come back together again. Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. I'm not, understand, commanding periods of abstinence, only providing my best counsel if you should choose them. Even partner's Who love each other can be mismatched sexually and so this this there's there's a there needs to be some sexual awareness and education many times can really help some of this but having sex is one of the last things you should give up when we talk to couples about this this is not something we want to give up sex brings people closer together it releases hormones that help our bodies both physically and mentally keeps chemistry of a healthy couple healthy. It's great for your immune system. It does all kinds of things. God, God really knew what he was doing when he created this. And so this is something that if you're a married couple, you really need to be committed to doing because the best way for the enemy to come in and divide a house is if you stop having any type of intimacy with one another. So problem-solving strategies for this, plan, 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 plan sex, okay? You know, it would be wonderful if everybody could do it spontaneously, but our lives are are very, very difficult and very complicated. So make appointment and make sure that that you're doing it so that people prepare, they mentally prepare, they make sure they're not too tired. This This is important. Put it on the calendar. It increases your anticipation. Change things up a bit. Whatever, whatever needs to be done to make it be something new and, and life giving for both of you. Learn what truly works. You need to learn what works. And there are no rules. God's very clear about this. Whatever works for you is what works for you. The only things, obviously, that we are not wanting is harm. We don't harm and we don't use pornography. Very important to recognize this. If you have sexual relationship problems, sometimes they can't be solved on your own. And so you may need to get a qualified therapist. You may need to read some books. There's nothing wrong with doing this. This is a part of having a healthy, healthy marriage. So what's another relationship problem? Well, money, right? And money problems can start even before wedding vows are exchanged. And they can stem... From, for example, expenses of courtship or from the high cost of a wedding. And many people are spending exorbitant amounts of money on on their wedding. And it's one day. One day. Now, I'm not telling you how to do your wedding. But I am saying, if you're putting yourself in deep debt for a wedding, the fun you have on that day, you're going to pay for a while and money stress when people are in debt is very hard on a relationship. So couples who have money woes, they need to have some serious conversations about finances. And this is what's important. You need to be honest about your current financial situation. If things have gone south, obviously doing the same thing over and over again is insanity. So If you are trying to live a lifestyle that you do not have the finances to afford, you need to be honest about this. I don't want you to approach the subject of money in the heat of a battle. I want you to set aside time that's convenient, that's not threatening to either of you, that you both prepare for it, you both know you're in it together, and that there are solutions. If one partner is a saver and the other one's a spender... We have to understand there's benefits to both, but we have to learn from each other's tendencies, and we also have to agree to move toward the middle. So if I love to save and you love to spend, then you need to start moving toward the saving and I start to need to lighten up with some of the spending. Don't hide income. Don't hide debt. That is a really big problem for for, uh, relationships. So you bring financial documents, you include maybe a recent credit report, you look through bank statements, insurance, whatever you need to look through to say, we need to be on the same page, and, and we need to understand our financial situation and our world, our financial world. And if that means you go talk to someone that can kind of mitigate some of this, so that it doesn't get so contentious and can really keep focusing you on what you need to talk about versus the emotionality part of it. That's very helpful. Do not blame. Don't blame. It doesn't, it doesn't work. The person that's responsible, if it's one or both, who needs to be told that what they did was wrong? We know. We're grown adults. Construct a joint budget that includes savings. Very important. Very important. And you want to make sure that you talk about the tithing issue, because this is a really important biblical edict that God says will go very well with us when we are really, truly, joyfully tithing. And I've had many couples who were very in debt, and once they started tithing, things really started turning around. So you decide on short-term and long-term goals. It's okay to have some individual goals and but you need to also have family goals as well. And you may have to talk about depending on your age, are we going to need to be caring for our parents? And how do we appropriately plan for that? The other one that we're going to really talk about, and we're going to carry this over into next Monday. The struggles over home chores. This is really hard on couples because all next week we're going to be talking about couples. We're going to be talking about gender, these different types of things. And so one of the ones that we're going to start with is problem number four, which is struggles over home chores. This creates so many relational problems. And most partners, both people usually work at home. We don't. There's not a lot of people that have are have a stay-at-home spouse. So it's important that we really fairly divide the labor and that we show up as grown-ups and that we are responsible for our side and that we really recognize that this is one of the ways we keep peace. It's one of the ways we both feel respected. One of the ways we feel honored and valued is when we feel like some things are fair. Now remember, I've talked about repeatedly that there's no such thing as fairness in the adult world. But one of the kindest things we can do in our relationships is create some feelings of fairness. It really helps to change the tone, the overall tone of the relationship. So thank you for joining me today again. We are going to start on Monday doing more with couples. And we're going to talk about relationship problem number four, how to handle home chores and how to be able to live at peace. So God bless you. Make sure you check out the website at We Love your comments. And I'm just praying that God does some great things in your relationship. God bless you.
0: To hear today's program again, or to share it with someone else, please go online CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.